with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We can change the focus to a soft blur or sharpen it to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the soul of Detroit. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, MF. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? I want to start by welcoming back our good friend, Mark Fellhauer, who took the week off. I know. I forgot so, how to do everything down here, too. It's crazy. He's a little rusty. He's trying to get caught up with everything, and I think there's a lot of us who are trying to get caught up with what's been going on in East Lansing, whatever the hell that may be, and then trying to beat whatever bugs it is that are trying to destroy us. Not coronavirus. I guess we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> no, no. The Chinese told us it all. The president says so. It was, it was a perfect speech. It was. It always is. And, of course, Sean Windsor here. These guys look fantastic in their uh, Soul of Detroit gear, which you can get at uh, uh, com, where we have all the hockey jerseys. We got signed Kwame Sutras. I got I, I to gotta take a cue from... From our special guest last week, uh, Charlie Laduff, and not just sit here. We, we, oh. uh, we got some props now, so uh, I don't know if we can. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, people always dog me for having this Michigan thing over my shoulder when we're doing the show. I think it looks wonderful. Uh, Sean, Is that the story, by the way, where you cut a deal when you were working at the Free Press and made like $8 bucks? Oh, yeah, where we, we tanked it? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We tanked it. <laughs> totally and by yeah. the way, I think it was strategic on Mark's part. To oh, miss last week. Really? He didn't want to be here for that. And look at him today. He's rubbing his palms as soon as you say Michigan State in trouble. He's part of the big conspiracy. We have our own trouble. He's Arbor. exciting. Excited, sorry. So, I, I, I didn't want to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it for just a minute. We're going to have a special guest coming up, which is uh, Jim Camperoni. He runs SpartanMag.org. Uh, he has been trying to keep up with with varying uh, degrees of success with this Michigan State coach search, which is we're going to talk to Jim about what it's like, and Sean's going to jump in on this too, to be on a story that's what we would call in journalism a rolling story, where every time you turn around there's a new development. You're not sure who to talk to. You're not sure who's going to who's going to be honest with you. You're not, you're not sure which tip to read. Where the uh, where the grapevine is uh, could be some poisonous. Uh, grape that's on there, maybe a uh, little Mad Dog 2020 as opposed to a nice fine uh, Chablis or something, maybe a, 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 a little Chianti. Well, for, it's for Ann Arbor. What do you want, a Riesling? Chablis. Riesling? A little Peas Porter? You're like 15 years, 20 years behind, my man. Not that I'm a wine what you guys, guy. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's about? not a box, is it really wine? <laughs> well, I, well, by the way, why don't you stand up? I like, when, when Charlie was here last week, he stood up the whole time. Why don't you do that? It might up your energy a little bit. I did once because he, he said he'd kneecap me, and I just wanted to show my knees are okay. Actually, one of my knees is a little sore, but that's not had anything to do with that. But yeah, plus I got I got to keep track of all my notes and everything. I got my nice little fizzy water and all that other stuff. But uh, but okay, so I'm off track again. So let me get back on track. Uh, one of the things that drives me crazy 
And I never do this to Wolverines. I don't know why. Maybe I don't care. Oh, thank God bless it. Hold on. Why is it always? Why is it always about it's, us? Okay, so there you go. No, that's what I mean. You've why is taking, it always? But so you've been I, taking shots about Harbaugh in here since we started this podcast. That's because I'm paying part of that seven million dollars salary to finish third in the Big Ten East. There you go, cheap shot. But I'll post something about the Spartans, and I'll have all these people chiming about. Well, your stadium's not very nice, or it's too small, or or you got. You got some problems on your campus. I'm like, well, so do you. You got your pro. I mean, the thing is, this is not a, a different. It's but. not a time to score points on whose campus has more problems. Really, what drives me crazy it's about all this stuff is always time to score is, points when you're talking about rivalries. Well, when you have the worst offense in the Big Ten, you don't really think too much about scoring True. points. But um, uh, and I'm talking about Michigan State now. Yeah, no, I know you were. <laughs> just, just for the people, it's like our offense is very fine. We got Josh Gaddis. Okay, whatever. Just take it easy. Take it easy. Sorry about that Alabama game against the B team, the junior varsity. Didn't win that one. Stay one. focused. We're moving on. Sorry, staying focused. Stay on target. But what I'm saying is, everybody should be concerned about what's going on on their campuses, and I think. It's dangerous. It's dangerous for us to just look at everybody else and say, your campus is a mess and not in any way take a look at what's going on in our own houses. Big houses, little houses, any house. But like that's that. what rival- rivalries are. Yeah. Come on. Rivalries man. are about making jokes about sexual assault and a culture of. No, uh, you well, shouldn't no, make jokes about sexual assault. Not but well, I'll tell you what. You, you paint with a broad brush there. Well, it's sure. I mean, I guess that's what Wait, you do. Wait, how many jokes have there been about sexual assault? Well, I mean, people will say things on Twitter like, "Who are these?" People? Okay, people will say things. Well, they're on usually Twitter. stuff like Big Mouse sixty nine. Yeah, or, so who uh, cares? And why are you repeating it? Ann Arbor tuna can. Well, because we kind of get on this whole thing. I'm just. I think you're, it's, you're I giving think it's it agency to use a word that you would use. What? I, I use <laughs> you're it rubbing off on him. Yeah. Well, Theosauruses. Oh Look at him. He's, is, he gonna gonna hold, is he going to so hold proud. this up, Mark? The yes, whole time. he is. That's how petty he is. <laughs> Petty, I'm is that the res- word? Yes. I'm just responding. I had other words in mind. <laughs> I'm just responding to the, 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 the people. We want them to know that we care. And we do care. I, I hope before the end of this show, we're going to get to some of your emails, which you've been kind enough to send us at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. And we definitely want to get your phone calls to Brandon last week. Put out a personal appeal. I hope you guys have not let him down. At uh, 313-288-9070. That's the Butterfield 8. Three zero nine uh, no nine zero. I'm, I'm now I'm distracted. Start over now. I'm distracted. You guys better hope I don't stand up like Chuck because I'm about to hand out some knuckle sandwiches. This will be a catered affair. So we were going to do. How long did it take you to think about that? What's that? That line. Which one? This will be a catered affair. Oh, no, some knuckle sandwiches. It's, it's did part, you write that down? Is that in your notes? It's all part of my agency. Okay, it's yeah. all part of my agency. <laughs> um, you know, it's a real good agency. Or is that a sign of the Chablis? Or, or even even not so much an agency, but a dealership. Zot Ford up in Holly. Do they serve Just Riesling the ones in Holly. Those other Zot. No, the other Zots I think are okay. In fact, Especially. I bought one at the one in Waterford. I got a Dodge there. But my friends at Zot Ford and Holly, and they are my friends, know this whole go buy or lease your next vehicle from Zot Ford to support ML Soul of Detroit is a new concept for many of you. But what you need to know is that giving customers world-class service while making the entire process simple, fun, fast, and easy isn't a new concept to Ford at all. Oh, no, sir. They've been doing it for almost two decades. That's 20 years of for those of you guys who can't get your shoes off. We would genuinely appreciate it if you're in the market for a new whip. Please give my friends at Zot a shot. They promise they will not disappoint. Plus, they have the lowest prices, period, exclamation point. For example, right now you can lease a new... Can we get some echo on those periods? For example, right now you can get a new 2020 Ford Fusion, Ford EcoSport, and Ford F-150. Your choice, all around 100 bucks 
a month. Damn. Yes, that's right. Your choice of three brand new Ford car, truck, or SUVs, all around 100 bucks a month. Plus, Zot Ford is your least turn in headquarters. Any make, any model, over miles, body damage, payments remaining, no problem at Zot. They'll get you, they'll get you into a new ride for the new year. Check out their sensational deals and massive inventory at dealsinthedeed.com. And of course, please do not forget to tell them that ML, Soul of Detroit, said that you should tell them that... Go buy a car. Yeah, that, that, what Mark said. <laughs> so, um... Put a lot of thought in today's show, didn't you? You know, I, I, I think the augmented... Sometimes those generic drugs, they... They did not look like they were paying real close attention um, behind the counter there at CVS. And uh, since I'm recently uh, underemployed, I th- my health insurance changed. <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm getting quite the uh, A-level generics that they used to give me. So uh, <laughs> this, this, these pills, you know, if you... How revealing. Well, these uh, antibiotics, sometimes, I think the cheaper ones, they're bigger pills. Yeah. And so I'm used to that. What are you but, taking pills for? Uh, sinus infection. Oh, really? But are you taking your Sorry, amphetamines? High fives all around. But the problem is these pills, I've never seen it. They had a skull and crossbone on them. <laughs> is that? That's normal. Is that normal? Just, is keep, that, just take a long setup for that. I know. For that a pretty the, weak joke. What, what have you not taken? Your What's uppers? That? I mean, you're missing something. What's no, going on? No, no. Come on, dude. It's, it's great to be here. I'm in the company of fine gentlemen such as yourself. Testosterone is, so, is flowing like... Yeah, you uh, can see the testosterone. Like, <laughs> uh, like what would you say? A... Uh, Sort of a ruddy undertoned Merlot. Or you could have said river. Oh, like a ruddy undertoned Merlot. That's redundant a little bit, right? Is it, see, that's I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm a Detroit uh, East Side cheap beer guy, which has got me excited about yeah. an you're upcoming sponsor. But I don't want to steal our own thunder. You're drinking buzzy water. I got this at Costco. Oh, it says free on the side. That's probably that's why. That's right. What it says? Oh, it does. Say oh no, free. it's free of shit. Okay, I'll go to customer service and get my my money my money back. So, um, Jim Camperoni. Yes. Do we have Jim on the line? We do. Jim, uh, Jim Camperoni and I started out at the State News many, many years ago. And I've known him since when covering the Spartans for him, following the Spartans for him, really meant following them in a crappy car as they drove all over the Big Ten to report on him. Jim is the founder and editor and I think CEO, president, and possibly head of HR for SpartanMag.com. Jim, I know you haven't had a lot of sleep in the last... 96 hours or so. How are you holding up? You're right. I have not. It's great to be on your podcast. This is fun. I wish I could have come down to Detroit and hung out with you guys. Any chance to get to Detroit is always an awesome day, but I couldn't do it today. I apologize. But I'm holding up pretty good. I have been working a lot of hours. and It's okay. You know, it's, uh, I wish I didn't have to sleep. I wish I was like a shark where I could just keep stay awake and just keep doing it. I would. So I'm holding up okay, but I might be a little more punchy than usual. Okay. Well, that's all right. And I I will say, I hope I'm not disclosing any, any secrets here that you did take time yesterday to take your kids to their various events. I think, I don't know if they were practices or performances. So, uh, so when you guys, and I want to say this for Sean's sake too, when everybody out there is smarter than those idiots in the media and why aren't they, you know, these guys work monster hours, crazy, sick, insane hours, but they're still human beings. And I, I think it's important to make time for family. I, I think there's a, a lady named Fickle who feels the same way. I'm not sure I appreciate her commitment as much as yours, but, uh, but it was a crazy, crazy night on Sunday. And I'm a subscriber to Spartan Mag dot com and was following the uh, secret underground what do you call the underground bunker there jim it is the underground bunker it is the message board 
at SpartanMag.com, which is a premium website covering Michigan State. So it's it's the uh, it's the church of what's happening now for Michigan State sports. If something's going on, it's being discussed there. Uh, sometimes with with some anonymous sources, sometimes with irate fans, and hopefully with yours truly with some journalistic input. Jim, over the course of the years on the message board, all the rumors that I can imagine have been posted on there, what percent of them are true? You know what? I take them all pretty seriously. Uh, there have been a lot of outlandish things that have come around, and um, a lot of those outlandish things turn out to be true. There have been some things that don't turn out to be true, but those you can spot those. Usually, you know, you, you've got your sources and you've tested them out within various situations over the years in various new situations, and you know who to go to who's been right over the years. So those are the ones you really lean on. And then if you get, you know, you hear the same, same, same thing from three or four different angles, than something as they say has legs, but it's it's a dangerous situation, and in these days, the message board things are going up in real time. So it's it's not like the old days when you gather sources and write an article at nine o'clock at night, and it's in the next day's newspaper, and it lives for twenty four hours. After all the dust had settled, you found I think a mention on a Snapchat page that turned out to be probably one of the best sources that was out there of all the many sources out there. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, this was bizarre. I mean, at this point, a lot of good sources from Michigan State side of it. By the way, we're talking about Michigan State's recent job search for a football coach. Luke Fickle, the head coach at Cincinnati, turned Thank you for doing that, job. Jim. That works a little out of it today. That's all right. Fickle's turned, dead to me. He's dead. Yeah, he's, he's an excellent football coach. Um, Not so good now. He turned down Michigan State. We didn't, we didn't and, offer him, really. We didn't want him to come here. Actually, Michigan State did. I know you're being you're being. No, no, it was all defense, it was all a big mechanism. setup. We just teased him. Yeah, defensive mechanism. I understand that. Do, do, by the way, do we know what he was offered approximately? Well, I've got sources, and these days with sources, you know, these days sports agents know everything, yeah. guys. You know, like in the NBA, I think it's is it Wojnowski who breaks everything in the yep. NBA. <laughs> He's getting that from from agents. They and agents pride themselves on knowing everything before it hits because they see the contract. Uh, they there's there's it's five years twenty four point five million dollars, <laughs> and I heard that like on Thursday night, then again on Sunday from two different angles. I have I have my foot in the water with two different agents, and they both quoted the same number. And then that kind of leaked out, and our colleague Fred Human tweeted out that you know to bank on it, it's going to be twenty four point five million five years. So he was hearing the same thing, and I'm I'm trust he was not hearing it from me. He's a good reporter. He was hearing it from good people too. Um, so that was the figure. That's where that one came from. That's and and in terms of sources, you know, there was something about some inside information that was on our message board about inside information that took place within the Michigan State Board of Trustees and an email that went out, and it's from a very good source. He's been very good over the years, and I took what he wrote. And uh, I um, sent it to a member, a member of the board of trustees. Talked to that member on the phone, and said, "Is this true?" And I was, I was sure it was because because that source is very good, and that board member read it all and verified ninety nine percent of it. Wow. There, were, there was one part that that was like, "Well, this person actually was not at the meeting," uh, which is key information, but it wasn't key to the it wasn't key to this particular information. So. That was a credible post. I knew it was. And an article I wrote today, initially, I wrote those things 
saying, you know, sources tell SpartanMag.com X, Y, Z. Then after I spoke with that board member, I went back and took out the sources said and, and wrote it as, you know, like a verified fact. Um, so that's a little bit different. In terms of the Snapchat thing, all right, so it's 99%. It's 100% that Michigan State has their man. All the Michigan State people know this is a done deal. Contract has been presented to him, handshake agreement. And I, I, you know what? Just to give you a little bit of color, and this is more information than you need, I sneak away to take a shower for six minutes. <laughs> and, I, and I tell two people that work for me, if anything breaks, call me on my landline. You know, I mean, you're, you're afraid to go to the mailbox because you get beat by a story about a minute. By a minute, it kind of matters. So taking a shower, and I see a, a phone call is coming in from a, 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 a former colleague, a guy that has a background covering football recruiting. You know, so he's representing kids, high school kids that are athletes. Well, a couple of kids that he represents, one of them is friends with Luke Fickle's son. Hmm. And one of, the, one of the fathers of the, of the kid he represents, the father was a client of this person. He says, look at this phone conversation. Look at this Snapchat conversation. His son's Snapchat conversation with Luke Fickle's son says on Saturday, yeah, you know, words along the lines of, yeah, you know, my dad, I guess we're going to be moving up to Michigan State, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then on Sunday, the Snapchat conversation turned to, well, I, actually, I don't think my dad's taking the job now. <laughs> that was Sunday at 2 o'clock. Yeah. So, so how do you handle that? I've got a message board of people that are frantic. They're all on the edge of the cliff. And I've been telling them that, you know, it's, 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 it's 100% it's going to happen. But that's just for the Michigan State side. And the analogy that I drew, I put on the website is, you know, he Fickle still had to interview on Sunday, and it was like a two-foot putt at the end of a championship golf tournament that he would get the offer. All he needed to do basically is not show up drunk at the, at the interview, and the job offer was his. That's different than the job going to him. That was 100% on the Michigan State side. What I didn't have access to is what was going on within the Luke Fickle household. But now from this source who's dynamite rock solid there's that uh that little sliver of of uh the foot in the door so i go so i, I can't go on the message board and say this <laughs> i'd sound like a lunatic that i had access to a snapchat conversation with teenagers in in ohio uh, that would you know so jim let, like, me, let me jump in here because because we're getting some comments on on Facebook Live, uh, and we get these every once in a while from people saying, is this a sports podcast? Well, we, we're interested in sports, obviously, uh, but but the reason why I wanted you on particularly is not just because I appreciate the site and I, and I read it a lot along with the Free Press and the News and, and uh, the Lansing State Journal. Um, not so big on the Ann Arbor News. But anyway, um, is because this is a, a, a podcast that talks about the business of journalism and as hard as the business of journalism is and as resourceful as people are where you're following Twitter, while you're following Facebook, when you're talking to sources behind the scenes, when you're talking to agents who may have access to contracts, if not their clients' contracts, somebody else's, is that this, this drive to be first, this, this uh, avalanche of information no matter how many bases you cover, there can still be some coach's kid on Snapchat is sort of telegraphing something, and even the kid isn't really sure of what's going on. And it, it's just, it's got to be so 
difficult, if not impossible, to monitor all the sources of information, process them, and then start trying to get the words out. So, so Sean, I know you've, you, you were at the press conference last week when D'Antonio basically, I don't know, how do I put this, uh, uh, screwed every Spartan in the world. Um, and I appreciate the championships and the trips to Pasadena. So thanks. What Mark. have you done for me lately? Well, you know, no, it's not sort of like, what have you done for me lately? It's just like, uh, on your way out the door, can you not pour gas and throw a match? But I'm sure there's more to that story, which we'll get someday. But uh, but Sean's hey, Mike, been Mike, involved in this too. I mean, how the hell do you know who to listen to, and at what point do you decide? I think we got enough to go on. Well, we've we spent uh, fifteen minutes here talking about sourcing and sources and trust, and have they been right previously, and all of that, and that's and that's fine. It, to me, you just have to couch it. No pun intended for East Lansing, right? You just you have to say I hope, or the Michigan State hopes this is going to be the main couch reference. But but look, what's interesting to me, and this is what I want to ask Jim, because especially for our our mostly non sports oriented audience, uh, Luke Fickle at least in part didn't want to come to Michigan State because of the perception of the school, not just the football program, but the school. We reported that yesterday. That was from three different <laughs> sources, and. Um, Going back to Larry Nasser, there's a lawsuit right now involving Curtis Blackwell and D'Antonio. We don't need to get into all that, but there is a perception issue. And if you get outside of the state of Michigan, there are folks who lump Michigan State in with Penn State, fairly or not. Now, D'Antonio got got tainted uh, with the Nasser stuff, and that was completely unfair. Yeah, the taints were going on at Penn State. Well, well oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe you just said that. But some... Some of the stuff they brought on themselves, but in any case, Jim, how much do you sense this idea of because in college football and basketball too, uh, perception matters because where it really begins is in the living rooms with parents who are have normally the ultimate say on where their kid goes. And Tom Izzo has been worried about this for a year and a half. He's been talking about this in terms of the perception of Michigan State and how it's going to affect the operations in the living room. My guess is that they wanted out. The Fickles did, and they. We're looking for a reason. Well, why, so, why? so they put it back on the school. If you want to hear a funny story, ask Izzo someday about the day that he was being courted by the Atlanta Hawks. He had already decided he wasn't going to go to the Hawks, and he kept acting like he didn't like the contract enough. And they kept upping it and upping it to the point where you just felt so bad about it. Um, I think they wanted out. I think, in, and they had three days to stew on it, maybe even longer. And, you know, did Amy Fickle with some of her friends in her sewing circle, did they, uh, you know, start bringing up all that information? I'm not sure. You know, as far as... Sewing you, circle? Come on, yeah. man. It's Amish country. Now you Cincinnati. sound like Elric. No wonder you guys were buddies <laughs> yeah, way back then. No, you, actually, you sound like Gizzo. As far as the, the, the listeners out there that are not sports fans, it gets back to what Mike's talking about in the, you know, in the, you know it's, it's 2020. It's the, the, the industry of news gathering, you know, there's a difference between what we are talking about on the message board as opposed to what's going on, what's what we publish out front a published story. So what we try to do with the message board is I let people know, our readers, our subscribers, I'll let them know what came across my desk. I let them know what news leads I'm, I'm, I'm working on. So I'm not publishing that as fact. I'll just tell them, this is what I'm hearing, this is what I'm going after, or whatever. I stopped short of doing that with the Snapchat thing. So that's that's... I don't know if this is the right way to do it. I'm sure all publications don't do it that way, but that's the way we've been doing it in terms of 
news gathering in this day and age. But what? That's wh- the interesting thing. Why do you, why do you draw the line on Snapchat? I mean, if you, if something was tweeted to you that would like say his son tweeted that to or direct message somebody, like how do you decide? Like Snapchat's probably not a good enough source, but Twitter is. I mean, when they're both really social media. I took a few things into account. One thing, my source is a Cincinnati fan, so is he rooting for that? You know. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it, it just there's just a, a a line of decency there when you get into teenagers and Snapchat conversations, and I'm just not going to report that as is. So, I tried to, you know, give pause to our readers on the message board, and I said this is not a slam dunk, and that sent people off the edge. Mike, were you on the board when I said that? Did you happen to see that? Uh, you know, they I, were angry. They were like, you said it was a two-inch putt last night. Now you're saying it's not a slam dunk. And I explained to, to you what I just said a few minutes ago. And I drew a comparison. I said, listen, back in the 1990s, Glenn Mason was head coach at the University of Kansas. Not a very prestigious job. He was offered a job at the University of Georgia. Uh, yeah, I don't know if prestigious is the right word. It's yeah. a heavyweight job. It's a yeah. nuclear power job. And he took the Georgia job, contract, everything, at the doorstep, and turned around and and, just, and had cold feet. Went back to Kansas. He went back to Kansas instead of Georgia. And I, he, I let, and I he turned that, that program around. <laughs> what a mistake! <laughs> oh no! Was that he did beat Perlis? He beat Perlis in '94. Let's not talk uh, about this, Jim. It's time for our next guest. If you're going to bring up other Spartan defeats, we don't want to get too deep into this. But no, um, but so that happened. So I was letting, I was reminding my people that this has happened in history, where someone would would stay at a job that you would think would not be possible, not a slam dunk. And I also pointed out that uh, he, something I didn't understand, I didn't know until I spoke with some people down there, including the person from Cincinnati, that he had turned down the West Virginia offer, uh, the West Virginia job last year. So he had a history of turning down a Power 5 job to stay at a smaller school once. So just put it out there, people. So, and people went ape crazy about that. Going forward and trying to find out who the next coach is, is going to be, besides your sources, what else are you looking at? Are you are you looking at Flight Tracker? <laughs> you know, um, there was an article in the, in the Chicago Tribune talking about Glenn Sugiyama. I can't pronounce his last name. The person well, Su- Sugiyama? Yes. What his name is? Uh, uh, he's with the headhunter firm, a search oh, firm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's an article in the, the Chicago Tribune back in November that he apparently is proud of the fact that in one job hunt, he chartered a jet uh, to a place that uh, at a town that they were not looking at candidates that's to throw off flight tracker. Money now, that's well an expensive misdirection. Yeah, that's an expensive misdirection. But do I follow it? I'm not really good at that. And, you know, we've got people on our message board that are, and I can't compete with them, and they do it like a hobby. So So, that's a whole different thread. So, Jim, I I know uh, when you have some spare time, maybe you can turn that into a seven-minute shower and check out one of our recent episodes where we had Steve Wilson, the investigative reporter at at Channel 7 uh, from back in the day, who was a master at tracking flights, and and he could also get – uh, passenger manifest where he could find out who was on the flight. So these things can be done, and it's amazing. In the time between Steve Wilson doing it 10 years ago where he was kind of a next-level investigative reporter, now you have know-nothing jokers on a message board who are able to do these sort of high-level reporting things, and it makes it so hard as a reporter because you're like, wow, that that's pretty convincing. How do I know this? How do I know that? And, and I'll just share something with you guys. I don't know if this is true or not, but I just got a text from a, a, a former uh, political source of mine uh, when I was a, a reporter 
uh, covering politics and, and news, who says that uh, we have a coach under contract and they'll announce it tomorrow. I have no idea whether that's true or not. But uh, oh, this is... You just made Jim's day yeah, worse. Wait, wait, wait. Is Jim still on the Mike, other line? Mike, 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 <laughs> you, you heard this. Did you just say... Yeah, so I, I want to be I want to be Jim Caproni for a minute, and I want to say I just heard this from someone who I know talks to people who I know talk to people, and I just got this text. I have no idea whether it's true. Is it appropriate for you, me to you, share are you, that? Are you, making, are you making that up? No, no, I'm seriously something? saying this. See this, what you did to him, poor Jim. Yeah, I feel you, bad. You did, you did get that. I got this, te- but I don't know whether this guy's right or not. This is this or this woman. I got to protect my sources. But they have access to people who seem to be in the know, who know people who are in the know. And well, what, Mike, I got one of those too. Yeah. What, and the, what the do we do I with that? From, I mean, that's the, the this is that, this is why this is a journalism podcast because as you're a consumer of news, do you take this to the bank because you saw it on the message mm-hmm. board, or do you understand the message board is basically like a barroom conversation? But what Jim puts on the front page, that's verified, certified, homogenized. You know, that's the real. You know, uh, pasteurized. That's the real news. It, it's very confusing out there, and it makes those of us who try and follow this stuff go crazy. And I say this as a consumer of Jim's uh, website, but as a producer of news, I don't know what the hell to do with all this stuff. I mean, right. it, it, it's like being in a blender. And I heard the same thing also a short while ago. Yeah, I so heard there. it from someone who's never been a source before. You know, you get those people out there that are like, hey, I've been a subscriber for a long time. I usually don't have information like this, but I just, and then they'll tell you how they heard it, whatever. And I'm like, well, this person doesn't sound like they're making it up, but you can't take it as fact. You, But you hear, or as a, as a source, you know, but then you hear from other angles. Now they, now you're like, okay, is this really out there or is it an echo from the same person? Is this just like the same thing getting reverberated from one guy who's pulling a stunt yeah so so, so I, know. I know this basically means jim has to go back to work because uh, he's got to track this down we're, we're going to pick sean's brain a little bit more on this but uh jim tough week man i mean uh some people are mad at you because you said fickle was a done deal but i think they're missing some of the subtleties in there i'm not sure i can track them all myself uh what do you do to uh to get people saying uh yeah that's uh comps the man oh to get to, to be a subscriber at spartmag.com or, no, I mean, just to basically try and be the preeminent site. You're competing with Sean Windsor over here. He's, yeah, no, he's, looking, a a little, he's looking a little uh, little subdued now. He's competing he's, with Chris Solari. He's storing up energy. We just, we just want to be part of the process. I yeah, mean, there's, there's, us too. There's mainstream media, and then there's the, this, this industry of niche sites. And we want to be credible. Okay, so credibility it is. And how do we get there? Damned if I know. So, Jim, thanks for taking... Uh, that, that's almost like three times how long it takes to take a shower the time you spent with us. So we, <laughs> we really appreciate missed. that. And uh, just remember, get behind your ears, man. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to leave any dirt back there. And your belly button. All right. Spartan fans, go to SpartanMag.com. We're welcoming new subscribers every day. Okay. Thanks, Thanks. Jim. Jim Caproni, SpartanMag.com, going back to work on something that may or may not be true. That's kind of what the journalism business is all about. Victory for MSU. And if you're looking for a victory, why don't you call my friends at Hall Financial, who uh, they got a pretty good coach. His name is David Hall. David uh, Tiberius Hall, I believe. And they have a couple questions for those of you listening out there. Are you paying more than 4% on your mortgage? Do you have a lingering high interest rate credit card and some debt that goes with it? You may or may not have heard that rates right now are within fractions of a percentage points of their lows over the past decade. 
I recommend you do what I do. Call my man Dan Morrison, his team, which includes superstar, uh, the the five-star quarterback recruit, Shannon, because they're going to help get you a really good deal. And they say they can close these mortgages in 10 days. That's from start to finish, 10 days, not even a fortnight. If Sean was here, he's like, don't you mean 14 days? Where you come up with those fancy French words? Well, Fortnite, I think, is actually an English word. But thanks, Sean. We appreciate your help with this read. Anyway, um, you know, if you want to uh, save some money, refinance your home, call Hall Financial. It's a simple process, and it's no secret that saving money is so smart, even the people who follow the Wolverines will not troll you for saying it's smart if you're a Spartan. You can get started by calling 248-308-5000 or going to David Hall Mortgage. Dot com. Hall Financial has nearly 1,000 five-star reviews from their clients, and that's for a reason. If you want to check in and see if something makes sense for you, go to davidhallmortgage.com to get started or call 248-308-5000 and make sure to tell them ML's Soul of Detroit sent you. Equal housing lender NMLS 1467435-er. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. That Sean Windsor is a ball of energy. Yeah, he he is, never man. stops moving. <laughs> he had to run upstairs. It's, and when I say never stops moving, I'm blaming the high-fiber diet. So today, I know, you know, Drew, if he was down here, which he may be soon to say, get the hell out of here, would be mad that we're talking about something that's going to already have happened by the time a sure. lot of you have heard the podcast. But we don't know what the results are, so hang in there. And what I'm talking about is the New Hampshire primary. And there's been a lot of debate every four years about whether little states, little somewhat not representative states like Iowa or New Hampshire should have such a prominent role in the selection of the nominees for their political parties for president. Iowa, uh, you know, other than the fact that they have a, a congressman who looks like he'd feel pretty comfortable in a brown shirt, um, and Steve, maybe a funny little mustache. Steve King. Steve King. Yeah. yeah. Other than that creeper, I think Iowa does a pretty good job in terms of, you know, really kicking the tires on these candidates, getting to know them, getting to see them, asking them hard questions. And New Hampshire, where I worked back in the 90s, does a tremendous job vetting these candidates. But there are some people, and I think one of them's back here, who would say, why y'all letting all them white folks out north and out west pick us some a president and such? Isn't that right? Didn't Rick Santorum win Iowa? Uh, maybe. So did uh, didn't Tom DeLay win Iowa? I yeah. mean, it doesn't really. But like you said, it doesn't. Hillary won Iowa. Right. Uh, Rick Santorum's campaign slogan, by the way, was great. It was, vote for Santorum. He will smite thine enemies. <laughs> <laughs> it does weed out Satan. It, it, it does kind of, yeah, get rid of, and of Satan. Of course, Satan. Like, Doesn't it get rid of the people that don't have the structure to, to go around? Well, the, the 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 complaint is when you go to New Hampshire. The complaint uh, is it's it, Iowa and New Hampshire. Well, That's the complaint really is, what it it's is it's overly white. Um, there aren't a lot of union people. Um, you know, actually, I think, frankly, are they the it, two most it, representative it, states of the union for, for no. the for the GOP? It is, but for the Democratic Party, they're probably not the right. They're probably not the right states demographically but, to represent what the Democratic Party looks like these not, days. Why not Ohio? You know, you have rural areas, you have urban areas. I'll you tell have, you two words: Why not Ohio? Why Luke? Fickle, <laughs> but wouldn't that be a better? Because you want to do want to start small. If you don't have a lot of, you know, these guys shouldn't have a lot of money when they're starting off running for president. So why not 
do it at a more representative state or at least a swing state. What do you think, Sean? Are you comfortable that Iowa and New Hampshire are going to help decide the nominees for their respective uh, Democratic Well, I mean, in terms of passing out uh, votes, I guess they do. But they're they're rarely predictive, especially Iowa, right? So if you're looking in terms of that, I I don't know. What's interesting to me, too, is New you look at New Hampshire, which is sort of purple, I guess. Yeah. And Vermont is just, you know, blue, blue, blue. Oh, yeah. And Massachusetts is right down there. And you used to live out in that neck of the woods a little bit, right? So. I did. I used to ski through those woods and hike. Yeah, and did you spit on the hippies as you were skiing down the slopes? Probably. Uh, we didn't have any hippies in the 90s. No. They did come they, up they with... They took a break in the 90s, They huh? did come up with craft beer. All the hippies were brewing. I see. And, uh, strawberry, raspberry... But, but why Why do you like it that it's in New Hampshire? So, so I'll make the case for New Hampshire. Iowa, I would have argued for until this year when they kind of really screwed things up on the Democratic side and couldn't count the votes. Kind of a basic thing. Yeah. I mean, if, if the issue is we want to have a, a place that can't count the votes, decide who our presidential nominees will be, well, we should do it right here in Detroit because there's nobody worse at counting Detroit I, votes than the, than, uh, the apparatus in, uh, in our fine, uh, in our fine uh, uh, central city. I, but New Hampshire, so here's the case for New Hampshire. It's small. There's one TV station. So if you are a candidate who doesn't have a fortune, you can cover the whole state with a tank of gas, meeting people. You can advertise. You have to kind of get into the Boston market. Oh, Mark's giving me the stink eye. But, but it's, you, it's little guys can afford to make their case. It's 2020. Is I, it that hard to get around a state? It's hard to get around Ohio. Ohio has many major media markets. Exactly. You've got Dayton. You've got oh, Cincinnati sucks. You've got Cleveland. You've got, you've got Columbus. Columbus. You have Akron. You've you have Youngstown Akron. is its own market. Youngstown too. just bleeds into Pennsylvania, so you've got to have Pittsburgh TV buys. Ohio would be a very, very expensive state. California would probably be the ideal state to pick our president because it's so diverse. You have conservative areas, you have liberal areas, you have rural, you have city. But it's so damn big, you could not afford to run for president unless you either were a billionaire, and there's a lot of them running already, or unless you raised tons of jack. And so these small states give people a chance to kind of make their case, to be heard, to shake hands. And there is something to be said, I will say, as a member of the mainstream media, for knowing how to do this. These people, these people, these people have been raised to ask hard questions, to expect people to answer them. And there was a student, a college student, who said to Joe Biden, what makes you think that you should be able to win when you did, yeah, did poorly, poorly in yeah. Iowa? And that's one where he said you're what, you're a, a tragic Something pony soldier. soldier. Pony yes. soldier. Yeah, Which laughing. was a line from a, like a... John Wayne movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought he said it was from like a Myrna Loy silent movie because Biden's <laughs> a little older. But uh, And you know who got the joke? Bernie's like, I saw that movie in the theater. It was fantastic. They had oh, an organist and then they had woods on the screen. What a relatable guy, though. So you don't... Well, yeah, exactly. You don't like the caucus. He snapped back. Mark. I mean... What? You don't like the caucus. You don't like start with Iowa. I don't like actually having to count people because people like to get up and go to the bathroom or move around, and they're physically counting people. So here's I like a caucus, and it's though. not secret. People know which group you stood by. That's I, kind of un-American. But I kind I kind of like that in a way. Um, but I, I, you know what I like about it? I like the fact that you can you vote for someone and that's not enough. In other words, you have a second place and a third place and a fourth place. I think it's just a better consensus. 
I would prefer, uh, I don't like any of it. I, I think it should be every state on one day, just like the election, just like any other election. I don't. I think it's too but long. Nobody pays there's attention. too much money. There's a vote for the billionaires. Thank you, man of the no, people. There's too, much, there's too much money involved. The Fed should provide uh, whatever funds you're going to be able to use. You, you hit that threshold in some other way. This is how most of Europe does it. It's how a lot of the Western world does it. It's ridiculous. It's too long. It's, there's too much propaganda. I don't like any of it. I want it to be, I want the primaries to be just like the national election. There's no reason for it not to be. You mean screwed up and decided by the Supreme Court? Well, in that 2000, I guess, yeah. If you're of that persuasion. But could somebody you like... you apparently are hippie. Could someone like That's Pete me. Buttigieg, if it was all one day, could he really break out of the pack? Well, if you have several months running up to it, what do you need yeah, to but know? but people don't want that several. They can nobody, sh- nobody wants to pay attention... But they'd be forced to. That'd be that's my point. Oh, they, you know how long you have, so you don't pay attention until, until until right before anyway, because you know it doesn't matter. For some people, they would say that's like the NBA, right? You don't watch till the playoffs. But if you're in it's New Hampshire, kind of you're deal. spending a year with these candidates. I remember riding in a minivan with Pat Buchanan, oh, his blast. wife, who's from the East Side, and his driver, and we covered. All kinds of places. Yeah, Lamar but you Alexander. Know what? You, you listen to Pat Buchanan speak for. piano in people's for, living rooms. But you listen to Pat Buchanan speak for thirty minutes. You know what he thinks. You can and you can write about the record. It's not like you. Yeah, but you can. Ask it's not him. like these people are crawling out of holes and you're going to vote for him the next day. But then we that's not what have, I'm saying. We wouldn't have those great Ed Muskie moments or uh, the fake Hillary Clinton. Did crying. he cry? Did he not cry? Well, Hillary Clinton had one in New Hampshire too. Yeah. I believe it was New Hampshire. I mean, you. Know, you mean where she she where she pretended to cry and everyone knows that she. Oh. Came. I thought it was just some oil leaking from the robotic eyes. <laughs> exactly, sure she was trying to have a real moment. It totally you get your mind made up. How many I, how, how many fairs do you need to go to? How many cows' hands do you need to shake or teats do you need to pull? Come on, it's ridiculous. As I many as it takes. Personally, I, I, mean, I want it. No, that's what that's what T E E. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I want it to be as grueling as possible. I Screw that. Why? It's, it's it's entertainment because it's a terrible. Well, you're right. I that's mean, all it is. It's entertainment. It's nothing to do with actually sifting through and figure out what people think. And then it shouldn't voting. be easy. It should be as hard as possible because it's the hardest job. Really, it's the hardest job. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, I should try hosting job. this show. But no, the, the opportunity. Wait, you're hosting the show today? Uh, well, no, I, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's so damn hard. Uh, the opportunity to look somebody in the eye and ask them a hard question is important. You can't do that in a national election, and not everybody can do that because it takes some gumption. It takes some missed opportunities. It takes some sort of going. Ah, ah, oh, I should have asked him, but he walked away. You can do that the next time they come back. When you have a place that's accessible, that's affordable, and people who are willing to ask you tough questions and demand real answers, that's when, as New Hampshire used to say, it's always first, always right. There are plenty of ways to do that. Always white? Yeah, basically. (sighs) The White Mountains. White Mountains. (laughs) So I say it ain't perfect, but it works. Sean says, to hell with everybody in America. And that's a great debate. No last word from you, Sean. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? So there's this pitcher who... Uh, no one's ever heard of. No one's ever heard of, and, and, and probably wouldn't except for our vast and influential audience giving him a platform. So you're welcome, uh, whatever your name is, guy. Who is suing the Houston Astro... For uh, or the Astros as a collective, for stealing signs and presumably 
tipping some of his pitches so that members of the Astro batting club could create a lot of nice souvenirs for the people of Houston and other environs. And I have to tell you, if you're judged by your numbers and all that other stuff, it kind of makes sense to me that you would sue somebody for loss of wages, for fraud, for whatever. And then my good friend, Mr. Mark Fellhauer, I like Sean too, but he's just kind of an okay friend, pointed out something that has this fellow winning an award finally. He's finally going to win an award, and it's going to be Geek of the Week. What is his problem, Mr. Fellhauer? His name is Mike Bolzinger, and I, and I thoroughly agree. There are probably some guys who got lit up by the Astros, and their team was like, you know what, get out of here, go back to AAA. Yeah, the guy in the bubble, it's his chance. He made, his, he made the show, now he's got to go. I don't know if it's this guy. <laughs> my, my first thought was, what are this guy's splits? And I was looking at baseball reference, and so he had two games against the Astros, uh, 25 at-bats, gave up 10 hits, three home runs, pretty bad. But then I'm like, hey, who did he do worse against? And it was the Detroit Tigers. They had a better average. They had more hits in his one appearance against them. So pretty small sample size. But I don't think the Tigers are stealing any signs because they're pretty damn awful. So his argument kind of disappears for me right there when a worse team did better against him. Does this have to be an all-sports podcast? What about the the Christian who's suing J-Lo or suing uh, whatever, ABC or whoever had the Super Bowl? $850 trillion? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, we talked to him yesterday, and then he wanted us to do a bunch of work on the Drew and Mike show. So wait a minute. We have a nomination from the floor. Sean I, wants I to like make. That. There's a guy who Sean says wants he, to make it, all Christians geek J-Lo of the week. She, no, no. Sh- I don't know J-Lo, why this nomination didn't come up before the show. J Lo and Shakira's um, deep in performance, <laughs> right? Fiber, offended fiber their Christian bottom. sensibilities, and, and there's actually a lawsuit. There were a lot of people complaining about it. No, I'm not talking about complaining. I'm, t- I'm talking about filing a lawsuit. Then file a lawsuit against Dancing with the Stars or any other you know risque how ad. About, the guy's how about what the Supreme Court some said? Obscure avert picture. Thy, avert your eyes if you don't like it. Yeah. Uh, fun fact about that guy: his son uh, was arrested and went to jail for for child, dancing child pornography. So. Oh God! Remember what I said about how hard it was to host this show. Anyways, Mike Bolsinger or so Bolsinger, whatever it is. If you win, you're going to owe the Tigers a cut. You, sir, have finally won an award, and it's not it's not the uh, Rolaids Relief Award. It's not the Fireman of the Year. Rolaids Relief Award. It is the Geek of the Week. This week's guest in room 7609 is brought to you by one of our listeners, Jim Gilligan, who uh, he came up with perhaps the quintessential Room 7609 nomination. Just to recap, Room 7609 is about new wave music. It's about bands that maybe never got their due that deserve a second chance, and we're going to give it to them. Or it's a band that you know, but there's a song that didn't quite make it on the Best Of compilation that you should hear about. Jim gives us a great one, and I'm going to tell you all about it. As soon as you sink your teeth into this treasure this obscure gem
Okay, so uh, Mark knows what it is because he queued it up. But Sean, any idea who that band is? I'm just glad it's over. <laughs> wow, wow, man! I don't know. It sounded like uh, a <laughs> mashup of like Light Blondie and you know Tin Can, The Bangles, and I don't know. Well, it was <laughs> the Youpers. No, that's a great name. It was a fine song. I'm just, I'm just on you because you've been uh, off a little bit today. You didn't take your pills and. I gotta say it wasn't my favorite, but that's okay. Yeah. But it you're is, not in your shirt. So Come here's, on, man. Here's why you got something that says knob on your t shirt. It's, it's because uh because uh we've almost sold out of those ML Soul of Detroit hockey jerseys. You can still get one at uh dot com. Don't don't wait around. We got them in all sizes and colors. No, the reason why that is such a great choice for room seven six or nine is because when it comes to obscure but kind of fun new wave tunes, how that ain't it. How more obscure does it get to be <laughs> than to be the only new wave music ever, and we have this on good authority, produced in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. No, that's very cool, and the song was fun. Well, it does, so I, in my notes, and when I listen to it. And the fact that it was suggested, it, that's great, too. Yeah, it, what, it does so sound like Blondie to me. So that means you didn't get the pick for a change. No, it does sound like, no, uh, Jim Gilligan. It's all, hey, if you hated that song, let me give you Jim's Gilligan's uh, personal uh, cell phone number. <laughs> is three and uh, 313 Oh, that was a fun song. Nine zero seven zero. His social security number is three eight one. But it it reminds me of Blondie when you said Blondie. It's the first thing that I heard. Blondie sort of recorded through like a cell phone or something. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or did you say Tin Can? Because it does yeah. have that sort of tinny thing. Maybe a little early Kraftwerk influence. If all they had was a Casio instead of a bunch of synthesizers, got a good beat. I had a Casio watch. <laughs> yeah, you still use a digital watch. Yeah, I do. In fact. It's like your VCR. The number it just flashes at twelve I all do. the time. I do. It's I'd rather nice. do that than dye my goatee. You know what I mean? It's not dying, but it is dying. I think I'm going to have to get rid of this because it feels a little porny. I don't really. You uh, mean the shirt that says "knob" doesn't? Well, it's it's maybe it's maybe it's overkill. Maybe I'm a master of subtlety, and you've just missed it because it's that subtle. You're just trying to direct people down that way in general, aren't you? Where, where was this vitriol when, when your sworn enemy, the man you hate more than any other person alive, James Camperoni, who gave a kidney to uh, Sean, the guy from the Pistons, which he then gave to his sister, and he gave his other kidney to Joyke Bell's sister, Jim No Kidneys Camperoni was on. That's when you should have been tearing somebody up, my friend. Oh, I like Jim Camperoni. He's nice. Damn it. Quit contradicting me. Unlike you. Okay, there we go. Anyway, it, what what's more new wave than a song that includes themes of love and technology? Anyways, that was... <laughs> How many anyways are we going to have here? Mark, can you help us when out? you go off please? on so many tangents, Sean. God. We can edit this down. Don't ever come in here again we? without your meds. We? You know, I think I'm going to run for president. It turns out it's pretty easy. <laughs> you just got to know think? a few people in New Hampshire and Iowa. Yeah, you at least you don't have to like... talk to the same two idiots every week. Yeah, right? you got to eat work a cow. for Pat Buchanan, didn't he? Well, that's the problem is when you're in New Hampshire, you get to know everybody. You go to, you hear a question like, uh, what are you going to do there about the price of a heat and oil there in Loudoun? And there's like, um, uh, uh, Hezekiah, when I'm president, we're going to lower those heating oil prices. Like, thank you, there. And then they don't. 
You flatlanders come to New Hampshire, want to be president? I'm not going to have any more of that here. Uh, a guy named Homer Sawtell, who was running for Congress one time, I asked him about an issue. I can't remember what the issue was, but he he used he answered with a phrase that I think of all the time. And he said, uh, uh, quite frankly, I have no interest in a pig and a poke. I don't even know what that means. Well, that's what I think about all the time. I'm still trying to make sense No one of it. knows what it means? No one knows what it means. You do a pretty good, well, I can tell you work there because you do a pretty good New Hampshire accent. Five years. Enjoy the, um, I've heard a couple of people talking today on the news and they oh, sound yeah. exactly like that. And it depends where you go. If they're from the North Country, some of them, they all speak Eskimo. A lot of French Canadian in uh, in uh, New Hampshire. That's your minority. Solo Detroit's huge in in New Hampshire. We have a French language edition we're rolling out next week. <laughs> Great. Bienvenue, Madame et Monsieur. Uh, nous uh, espérons que vous aimez le Sol de Detroit. Glad they're picking the president. Yeah, they're going to get it right again, right? I mean, <laughs> exactly. they haven't, we haven't sent any bums to Washington in a while, have we? Uh, uh, let's not answer that question. We don't want to get political. It's not a sports podcast. It's not a politics podcast. But we do appreciate you listening. Podcast. That's right. We do appreciate you listening. We hope that you will uh, tell your friends about us. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever quality podcasts are found. You can catch the rebroadcast of our Facebook Live show on my Facebook page. That's ML, no periods, Elric, E-L-R-I-C-K. Please follow me on Facebook. You can catch all news about the show on my Twitter feed. That's at Elric, E-L-R-I-C-K. I understand Drew is trying to creep up on me with some follower oh, stuff. Oh, really? So He's getting close. He said something about So please, this Drew guy, I mean, what the hell's he ever done for me? Come on! I need the follows. Fragile egos. Yeah, wait a minute. I guess he gave us the studio. He gave us okay. So what? Maybe you can like us both at the same time. And if you miss a show, check out our archive at mlsoulofdetroit.com. That's also where you can donate. We got a big, sweet, tasty one hundred dollar donation really? this week for my. Oh, damn it! I wasn't supposed. We got a five dollar donation, guys. So that's <laughs> that's for Sean. That's though. that's two bucks each. Um, uh, Zoobs, we're gonna cut you in on that one too because uh, it's an odd Sean, number. Sean, we need a forensic so, uh, accountant to go through all yeah, the oh, accounting. Boy. See, I, this president thing, nobody holds those guys accountable. They do whatever the hell they want. They call whoever they want. They cut whatever kind of perfect deals they want, and it, they just keep on rolling. It's perfect, acquitted forever. But not this LLC. No, we have not acquitted ourselves particularly well today. But we appreciate if you give us another chance. Uh, subscribe. <laughs> that way, when the show pops up, you'll know. Rate us. That way, people know that we're doing real well. And we're over 400 five-star hey, ratings. All right. Very nice. Two one-star ratings. We won't talk about those. And, uh, and uh, please support the other shows in the Red Shovel Network. That would be the No BS News Hour with Charlie LaDuff, who was kind enough to join us last week. No Filter Sports, produced by our own Brandon, who was kind enough to join us last week. And, of course, the Drew and Mike podcast. You may have heard of that when they do. You know, they got five days a week to get it right. So, you know, they got it a little easier than us as crazy kids. It's at least a good hour someday, somewhere in there. That's right. That's right. It's, it's like my marriage. I've had great 10 years. <laughs> been married for 20. But, uh, <sighs> common, common refrain. Sean's giving me the stink eye. Okay. Time to go. Hey, Cyrus, get us out of here. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? As man explores the secrets of the universe, strange and inscrutable powers await him. And whether these powers are to become forces of destruction or forces of construction will ultimately depend upon simple but profound human qualities. Inspiration, integrity, courage. We now return control of your television set to you. 
Until next week at this same time, when the control voice will take you to the soul of Detroit.